And now, coming at you from the Five Star Physique Studio in Knoxville, Tennessee, this is The Drop Set with your host, Darren Starr. Hello, everybody. Welcome to The Drop Set. This is episode 192. I'm your host, Darren Starr, as always. Welcome back. Thanks for being here. Not the episode I intended to post today. Um, so I'm coming off of, uh, I guess, what I could call my first failed interview. Um, we're going to reschedule it. I was uh, I had an interview scheduled with uh, IFBB Pro Jody Engel, who has a really, really cool and long and drawn out and detailed story um, to tell, which needs to be heard. And um, we were about 10, 15 minutes into the interview, and my computer kept messing up and cutting out the audio. And I figured, you know what? Rather than try and do this piecemeal and have me stitch together a whole bunch of things, which is really going to just completely destroy the whole the flow of the whole interview let me resolve that issue and we're going to try and reschedule that for later so that interview will be coming um but i need to resolve a technical issue first so i am um doing this one this is audio only so there's no video for this one so if you're looking uh to find this on youtube you will notice there's a gap there will be no episode 192 on youtube so we're going to improvise a little bit here and talk about some different stuff i got some questions from people i want to give a recap on myself and give you a quick update here also on um changes that have been going on recently, specifically regarding the website um, at fivestarphysique.com, or you can click there. Also, if you just go to thedropset.com, it takes you to the same place, just a specific subpage on my website that's about the podcast, um, but you can use the menu to click around there. So two things in particular, and uh, I'll do my little shameless uh, self-promotion here, and then we'll get on with it. So first of all, you can read all about coaching programs and stuff like that. The workout programs page has gotten a complete and total overhaul. So there are now about 15 at least new workout programs up there. I think I'm close to 40 overall. Um, these are all individual workout programs that are designed to run about four weeks. Um, they're all for you know slightly different things. There's high volume, low volume, some designed for specific um, aesthetic targets. Like there's a couple that are focused on bikini division aesthetics, a couple that are focused on figure division, men's physique, etc. So um, they're all super detailed PDFs. There's videos included in all of those. So you can go check those out. Um, also, if you click on shop from the website, um, there's some apparel up there. I'm wearing some of it now. In fact, uh, of course, you can't see this, but you'll just have to take my word for it. It's awesome. Um, I'm a huge fan of the uh, three-quarter sleeve baseball tees. They're two-tone, pretty cool. Um, I got a whole bunch of new hoodies that are up there. Um, I got one the other day for myself, and it's kind of like a, I think they call it indigo blue which is pretty cool. And I uh, had to wear it as I was walking the dogs this morning. I'm not really much of a hoodie guy, but I kind of dig it. So um, anyway, go check that out as well. So um, they're all priced very reasonably. Um, basically, like, here, here's the whole thing. It's not a money-making venture for me. Um, what I like is I like to be able to wear my logo and walk around and promote myself, right, without having to say anything. So the fulfillment company that I use, they let me um, do a, a certain number of sample orders every month based on the volume that I sell. So the more stuff that I sell, the more sample orders they'll let me submit. So uh, and I get a, I get it at a reduced cost there. So basically, I'm like, okay, here's the base price. Let's mark it up a buck or two, and that's it. So it's all pretty cheap, relatively speaking. Anyway, moving on from that. Uh, I figure we should do a quick recap on me. So as of today, um, I am after a uh, a very narrow <laughs> margin of victory last week. I am still in it. Um, I am still in prep officially. Um, although, man, last week I was 
really i'm just full disclosure here i was really close to pulling the plug on the whole thing so uh but i did not and so as of right now i'm three weeks and five days out so at four weeks and three days out i just about said fuck it all right let's go get a cheeseburger um just to commemorate the fact that it's over not that the cheeseburger was going to do me in but just like okay i'm done all right let me go eat something uh but i didn't i didn't so what happened is um we got uh Got a phone call from my brother like, I don't know, a week and a half, two weeks ago. So I don't know what the timeline is exactly. I don't remember the days. Uh, my mom was in the hospital. It was kind of questions. What? Huh? What's going on? And, you know, if you've been listening to the podcast for a while, um, you remember um, 2019, I think it was. Um, uh, earlier part of the year, my dad had a stroke uh, and uh, spent a long time, like seven weeks in the ICU. That's, that's a bit of a stint in the ICU. And then another four to five weeks of uh, inpatient rehab. So he was gone from home for almost three months because of that. And uh, he does he does really well now. Um, he still has a little aphasia, which is where, you know, um, I think there's what there's... Um, receptive aphasia and expressive aphasia those might not be the exact words uh exact terms but um receptive is where you're not hearing the right words so nothing really makes sense and expressive is where you know what you're trying to say but the wrong words come out so he has a little expressive aphasia where he knows what he's trying to say but something else comes out and he's like no that's not it uh he's like try again so um so he does he does well but i was at the same time i'm like man i'm with mom in the hospital i'm worried about her but you know i can't go visit her um i'm a little worried about dad though just being on his own completely because they're a team they're together and they kind of rely on each other so um so i made the uh, kind of an emergency trip back to oregon um and ended up extending my stay there so i was there for about a week i was planning on four or five days and i ended up staying for about six uh so um, because I was under the guise that uh, the hope fingers crossed that mom would get out of the hospital when I was there and I could help her kind of get reintegrated back into home, make sure she's comfortable there. Well, I ended up leaving and she was still in the hospital. She's home now. She's doing okay. Everyone's fine. Um, but it was really, really stressful because we thought at one point, I think it was like on, Oh, Monday, something like that. I think it was Monday. Um, like, uh, not this Monday, a week ago the 11th, I guess. Um, like she might come home on Monday or Tuesday was what we were thinking. And then I think it was on Monday. I got a call from her and saying that they were going to send her to, um, outpatient rehab first, where I still wouldn't be able to visit her. So I wouldn't be able to see her on that trip. And kind of the whole point of like, you know, trying to stay a little bit longer in order to help her get set up back at home was kind of gone. So it was, it was really, really stressful. Just a lot of worry going on. Um, there were, there was another episode while I was there, um, that I won't get into, but there was more, more stress and consternation from that, um, and scary stuff. So, uh, at, at that point I'm like, this is just too fucking much. I can't deal with this and I can't be on my prep at the same time. Well, I was, um, but at some point I'm like, fuck it. And you know, the thing is, so you got to know yourself, right? And so I learned something about myself on this trip, um, which I've experienced it before, but I had a lot more chance to just kind of sit down and think about it here. And what happens, and I, like I said, I've experienced this before. When I get stressed, um, you know, people talk about stress eating or whatever, and that's, that's, you know, a good way to oversimplify it. When I get stressed though, what happens is, um, something happens with my stomach. Um, and I start developing this heartburn. And it's like, won't go away. It's just constant. It's not related to food intake or anything like that. In fact, 
what it feels like to me, like my instinctive reaction is that if I just throw food on top of it, it feels like it's going to calm it down. And so on Monday or Tuesday, whatever day it was, that's what I started doing just to try and chill it out because that it was welling up and just everything fell off. I'm like, God, I can't. And, you know, I've taken, you know, Tums, Pepto, whatever. It doesn't help. It just doesn't do any, it doesn't touch it at all. Um, and so I'm, I'm trying, I'm just shoveling, you know, and of course, what do you pick? Like, Oh, well, I'm going to pick broccoli and well, no, you pick shit food, whatever. So, um, so I'm at the store. I'm like this. Yeah, okay. Great, great, great. And so it wasn't like a stress eat binge. I mean, it was a little bit of that. It was more like, it was, it's hard to explain, but it's like this instinctive reaction. Like if I put food on top of this and it's stuff that I'm craving, then it's going to make it go away. Now that could also be, there could be a whole nother level of self-discovery that needs to happen here where that could just be me lying to myself in my head. I don't know. That's entirely possible. I'm, I'm open to that possibility. So this all happened around like 11 or 12, uh, morning, noon, um, on whatever day it was Monday, Tuesday, again, I don't remember. And, uh, I quickly realized like, okay, this isn't helping. And I kind of went back and forth with coach just a little bit and she was supportive and kind of just told me what I needed to hear. And what I realized is, you know, and I, I already had the thoughts like, I don't know if this show is going to happen or not. I just, because at this point I'm thinking like, I'm going to have to come back here again before the end of the month when I'm like two weeks out. Um, so why, you know, I'm not going to try and stay on prep when I'm two weeks out traveling. It's just like, good Lord, you know, under normal circumstances, I could do that. But with it, when it's family related and stressing, uh, stress, heavy travel, like, no, this is, you know, I've been waiting 10 years to do this show. I'm not going to limp into it in the finish line. Like I did in 2018 in the end of my cut there for other reasons. So, um, but I, I've ultimately I decided like, no, the show may or may not happen, but I'm going to leave my options open. I'm not going to shut the door on it by fucking up this entire week and just shit in the bed completely. It's like, we're going to leave our options open. Maybe it happens. Maybe it doesn't happen. I don't know. But, um, I'm not going to, I'm not going to paint myself into a corner where the only option is to, to stop. So, um, what I ended up doing for that day, I didn't go so overboard that I couldn't salvage my numbers. Like my fats were over by a good 35 grams or so, but my carbs were in line for the day. They, they might've been like 20 grams over or something like that, but not too bad. Not too bad. Protein I hit. Um, so I kind of salvaged that day. Uh, the next day was also a little rough. I think my fats were just a little bit high there, but I kept on it and you know hit the carbs just fine. And the rest of the trip was okay. And actually the last day, which was Wednesday, so five days ago at this point, that would have been the 12th, 13th, I don't know, whatever, um, was a travel day. And it was, uh, I had a, it was like a noon flight out of Portland and I, I gamed it all out. So it's like, you know, it's an hour and a half drive up to the airport. I have to return my rental car. My rental car place thrifty was not on site at the airport. So then I had to get a shuttle to the airport. I had to check a bag. I knew Portland airport at that time. The security lines were probably going to be a little bit longer. So I had to give it. So I had to leave at like eight 30. So I had time to you know do a little bit of work and get in one meal. And that was it. And the rest of the day was going to be flying by the seat of my pants, eating at airports. And that was it. And so by the end of the day, um, I'm proud to proud to report that I actually nailed the numbers for that day. It was kind of a mess and it was a, it was a low carb day as well, which for me isn't that low, but it's lower than I'm accustomed to. And, uh, yeah, nailed it. 
Yeah, I was pretty proud of that, actually, considering you never know what you're going to find. You never, you just never know. Fats are always tricky, you know, especially when your target's 40 and you're eating, you know, airport food all day. I think I was over on my fats by about 10 that day, but I'm going to call that a win to, to nail the carbs and the protein and, um, and not feel like I was dying. Like I was able to get some, some decent meals in. I just had to go like, okay, I need to get you know, five hours between these two meals here and then I can stuff my face with a little bit of stuff. So, you know, it's... It, it, it's not how I like to do things. You know, I always advise my clients, like, if you don't have a plan to start out your day, you're just begging to fail. And I didn't have a plan because I couldn't have one. So just because of the nature of the thing. So couldn't take food with me. Um, cause I mean, I didn't have an appropriate bag to take stuff, um, through the airport. I didn't have anything frozen or anything like that. It's just, you know, it's, uh, uh, clusterfuck of logistics. So there were, there were no other options, but I made it work anyway. Why? Because I was determined that I wasn't going to screw it up and just piss it away. So, um, and the whole time I was out there on that trip, um, got it on my workouts, got it on my cardio, um, did the pain in the ass thing where normally I like to like wake up, go into the garage, get on my bike, get my cardio in, go about my business. Well, here it was like, wake up, get in the car, drive to the gym, hop on the elliptical because the bikes that they had there were shit um, and do my business there, come back, eat, do some work, check in on dad, see how he's doing. He's fine. Cool. Go lift. So a lot of driving around, kind of pain, very inefficient, but got it done. Got it done. Had some good time with dad. Um, it was, you know, there wasn't a whole lot else to do. You know, it was a typical work week for me. So I'm checking emails, doing check-ins. Um, and away from home, like I didn't have the distractions of home or, or the comforts, um, didn't have dogs, didn't have music stuff to work on or anything like that. So I'm just like, I'm going to lay down. I'm going to take a nap. I'm going to sit here in this recliner and have the baseball game on, just fall asleep. Okay. Oh, wait, it's time to eat. Cool. So it was actually quite relaxing um, when I had some downtime, which was nice because I got to catch up on some rest. I just never get when I'm at home. Um, now you got to balance that out with the fact that, yes, it was very stressful, et cetera, all that too. So in the end, I don't know what to make of it other than it's done now and it doesn't look like I have to go back um, prior to showtime, which is good. So everything's in good shape right now. We shall see. But right now, everything looks good. So I think we're uh, I think we're in the clear. I think we're in the clear. But I always tell people like, you know, that the very common question is, when should I register for a show? Well, wait until the last minute. Because of shit like this, you never know. Last thing you want to do is register for the show and do all that and then have something like this come up, only like something worse, where it completely pulls you out of the zone where suddenly your prep doesn't really matter anymore and you got other stuff to worry about. Your priorities have shifted a little bit. So um, that being said, um, they shifted temporarily, but they are back in line right now. So didn't really miss a beat other than going over on fats for a couple of days. Um, but, you know, in the thick of it, it feels way worse than it actually is. Like, especially because everything with prep had been so smooth, so smooth the whole time. And then suddenly to have it all just completely upended like that, just you go from being perfect, 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 perfect to not perfect. And it suddenly feels like the end of the world. It's like, no, you're just not perfect, you know. And one thing that, that Kelly told me a few times, and I knew this, but, you know, as a coach, I tell people this all the time. But when it's you, you think about it differently. And that's a you're going to have to try a lot harder to, to fuck it up. You really are. Um, that's not a challenge. You shouldn't try harder, but it's going to take more than that to derail, you know, 11 weeks of good work that's been spent leading up to that point. So, and that's absolutely correct. So at this point right now, um, you know, I did a, a video post workout, um, posted some stills from that on, uh, 
uh, at least Facebook, maybe Instagram as well. I don't remember. Um, but uh, things are looking pretty good, pretty happy overall. Uh, I'm not ready, but that's why I got almost four weeks left to go. So um, nothing's changed yet as far as macros are concerned, which I'm kind of surprised by. But at the same time, I'm still leaning out. So, you know, if things don't have to suck anymore, I'm okay with that, you know, and part of it's just, you know, consistency. Like I've never, uh, never missed a workout day, never missed a cardio session, never missed a cardio minute. Uh, and that consistency really goes a long way. So, uh, it feels pretty good to be back on track though. feels good to be back home, back in the swing of things, back in the routine and, uh, making progress, keeping stress low at this point. Uh, I'll call and check in on my parents tonight, make sure everything's still okay. But, uh, I also know that if it weren't, I would have heard by now. So, which reminds me, let me check my phone really quick. Make sure I don't have any missed calls or anything. Nope. We're good. All right. Awesome. So now whenever my phone rings, my anxiety does go up a little bit. There's that. So, um, we have, uh, got a few questions here from people, which is worth digging into. Um, also I should, uh, I should point out on the website. Um, I talked about the workout programs. I talked about the apparel shop as well. Um, if you check out the blog as well, I've been putting some stuff up there. So, um, the, a few things, let me just pull it up here on my computer and with any luck I can do this while I'm still recording. Yeah, it's still recording. Great. So, um, let me just pull up the website and view the latest blog posts here and give you a glimpse of, of what you can do if you check it out. So from fivestarphysique.com, if you just click on blog, um, I have five tips for surviving your diet. Um, like when you're on prep, you know, five things that you can do to, uh, to make your life a little bit easier there. Um, there's a video that I put up on comprehensive versus segmented macro tracking. These are two different philosophies for tracking macros. Um, and ultimately, which one you use if you have a coach is determined by your coach and what their philosophy is. One of them is correct. One of them is not. Um, hint, comprehensive macro tracking is correct. Um, and if you do segmented macro tracking, you're missing out on a few things. And, um, in that, uh, in that post, I, I go into what those details are, um, what to do if your gym sucks. Uh, so, uh, this is another one, um, that I, I wrote up because I needed to put this on the, uh, intro page, uh, a link to it for all of my workout programs. Um, because invariably, you know, I'm going to program for a full commercial gym that has everything that I would expect a commercial gym to have or everything that I would want a commercial gym to have. But then the question becomes, okay, well, what if my gym doesn't have X, Y, or Z? So what to do if your gym sucks at talks about, you know, uh, taking a, a program that you may have in front of you and how to modify that based on what you do have. Now, if, if you have a program that's designed for a full commercial gym and all you have is a set of dumbbells, this isn't going to get you there. Uh, this is like, you know, if your commercial gym doesn't have some standard equipment that a lot of other commercial gyms have. So, um, like what to do if you don't have a hack squat, what to do if you don't have a T-bar row, there are plenty of really good substitutions for those kind of movements if you don't have that specific machine. So check those out. Other things that are in the works right now, um, I have a video coming shortly uh, that is uh, a tour of my gym bag and the kind of crap that I carry around in there on a regular basis. There is a lot. It is a full bag um, and some unusual stuff in there, too. Uh, there's a post that I'm writing up now, which is a very simply titled how to get better at lifting. And it talks about strategies to take you from beginner to intermediate or intermediate to advanced or from beginner straight to advanced. If, if that's your track. So it's about skill development, things to focus on, what to pay attention to, what to kind of drown out, what kind of noise you can ignore. Um, but I think I have nine points in that article, so that'll be coming soon. And then one other thing that I will be doing a video on shortly is um, 
a discussion about what your macronutrient floor is and what that means. Now, a macronutrient floor, this is a topic that came to me from uh, a client who just started up with me. And there's a supplement that she takes, which is, uh, it's about 50 calories worth of stuff. Um, and her question was, well, how do I account for that? And the thing is like, you know, if that's something that you take every day, eh, don't, we're going to bake that into the cake pretty much. So that's just in there. There's a couple of supplements that might add some things in there. Um, so there are certain things where, you know, if these are staple items that aren't going to get pulled out, like that's something where regardless of what happens with her diet, it's a supplement that she feels a benefit from. We're going to leave that in there. So that's all. So her caloric floor is suddenly not at zero. Like if she were to fast, um, if, if I fast for a day, my caloric floor is at zero. If she fasts, her caloric floor is at 50. So now you throw n enough stuff on there. Like there are a few things, like if you're doing macro tracking or stuff like that, like you might throw a little bit of like sugar-free syrup in with a meal. Okay, cool. You might throw like a handful of free veggies in here and there, and suddenly your caloric floor is up to like 150 or something like that. It's certainly possible. So just stuff that isn't tracked, but it's in there every day, no exceptions. So eh. now what that means is that as we drop your calories down, down, that number might end up dropping a little bit lower than it would for somebody else. Like if our base um, for a deficit might be like 1400, well, yours might be 1250, you know, because you're actually getting 1400 when you throw that other stuff in there as well. So um, there'll be a discussion about that as well. So anyway, um, let's get to um, some questions and topics from other people here. Um, this is an email that I got back um, sometime back, actually. Um, from Andrea. And I kept this one, um, just because it was, it was relevant then and it's relevant now. This isn't uh, necessarily time sensitive. So, um, she said, um, she hasn't listened to all at that point is like 181 episodes. It tells you how long I've been sitting on this question. Uh, but curious if I've ever already covered the topic of staying the fuck off social media in general, especially when you're preparing for a show. Um, if somebody lacks self-confidence and being on social media makes you kind of hate yourself, or I would say maybe not hate, but really question your overall readiness. Um, and it can be counterproductive to be on any form of social media. If you're just comparing yourself um, with everyone all the time. And I completely completely agree. Um, so everybody is a little bit different here. Uh, like there are other people who they, and, and it's, it's kind of like the introvert versus extrovert comparison, you know, an introvert like me, you put me in a crowd and I am like a very delicate flower in the sun. I just wilt and wilt and wilt. And that's, a, that's another good comparison. You know, <laughs> take different plants, you put them in full sun. Some of them are going to die. Some of them are going to thrive. Um, you put an introvert in a social situation versus an extrovert. Somebody's going to wilt and die and somebody's just going to bloom and blossom. Um, and you put a bodybuilder and give them full access to social media. Some of them are going to feed on that and draw inspiration and motivation from that. And other people are going to be like, fuck it. I can never be like these people. I should just fucking quit and go live in a van down by the river. Uh, and I would put myself in that latter category. So that is why I, as, as a guy competing in classic physique, I don't follow any male bodybuilders other than my clients. That's it. I, I, I can't do it. I, I can't because I always play the comparison game and it messes with my head. Now you've got two options. You can, uh, be a therapist to yourself and talk yourself through that and resolve the issue and probably become a better person in the long run. Or you can take the easy way out and stick your head in the sand and just ignore it. And 
I chose that option because it's easier and <laughs> I'm a fan of things that are easy and I don't really feel like by not following those people that I'm really missing out on anything either. So, um, it's the path of least resistance. So, uh, I, I fully support that. I think that's fair. Um, and you know, like I said, everybody's different. Some people really, really do thrive off of, of seeing what other people are doing and they see somebody who might have a, a, a better physique or is more conditioned than them. And it kind of lights that fire a little bit more. And they're like, yeah, okay, cool. I need to push a little harder to get that. And other people feel more like, man, I'm never going to get there. Like, why am I even bothering? Why am I even trying? And I'm going to take the unique approach and say that neither of those responses is right or wrong. It's just what it is. It's like there's nothing wrong with being an introvert. There's nothing wrong with being an extrovert. Neither one of those needs to be apologized for. You're just different people. So different personality traits. Same thing here. So the way that you respond to stimulus of any kind on social media is very much an individual thing. Uh, And so you don't need to apologize for it. What you do need to do is understand it and roll with it and adjust your social media consumption habits accordingly. So maybe that means you follow more people like that. Um, maybe it means you take my extreme approach and don't follow anyone like that. Um, and just follow, you know, dog accounts and meme accounts and musicians and stuff like that. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and and female bodybuilders because the comparison game isn't isn't as strong there. So, um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I think it's 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 definitely a good um, it's a good thing to recognize. Like you've got to know where your strengths are and where your weaknesses are, um, and you've got to play to your strengths for sure. So, um, I think the the only way that you can really do it wrong is if you know that you're in a position where you're like, man, mm, this is a bad thing and you keep going back to it and you don't make an adjustment there. So, uh, recognize which of those categories that you fall into and, uh, act accordingly. So, um, we have a, a question here. This is a voicemail. I think this one is also from Andrea. Actually, she, she graduated from doing emailed questions to a voicemail. So let's check this out and see what she has for us. Hey there, it's Andrea from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Question for you. So listening to the recent podcast with Stephanie, which was great, thank you. Um, question about judging standards. So specifically being a coach, how do you know how to where your competitors are going to fall, right? So if you're coming someone that's rocking, doing killing their prep, doing great, um, maybe they're on the line for a figure, for physique, for physique, for bodybuilding, and how do you make that call, right? Do you have them wait until the week of the show, the day before the show, um, because, again, judges don't adhere to standards that are published, right? So how do you as a coach really know how to guide that person? So I know it's not going to really take a whole show, but definitely looking forward to hearing your thoughts. Take care, man. Thanks. All right. So that's a good one. That's a good one. Um, no, I don't, I don't wait at all. Um, the, the problem with that is that uh, the posing is so much different between the divisions. Even going from physique to bodybuilding, there's new poses you have to learn. Um, and there, there's changes with the presentation as well. So, um you can't wait too long because you don't want to end up having a laundry list of posing things to fix when you're eight, nine, ten days out. Fix or learn from scratch. So you've got to make a decision earlier on um, and roll with it. And uh, for better or worse, that's where you're going. <laughs> now, the other option is you can just practice everything and do both. Like what I'm doing with my coach um, right now, not with any intention of doing this, but as we go through posing practice and she has me do all the mandatories and everything, she has me hit 
front and rear lat spreads. She has me hit side triceps. Those are not, um, and she has me hit most muscular. Those are not classic physique poses. Those are bodybuilding poses. But now if I get a whim and decide like, yeah, I'm going to cross over into bodybuilding. Okay, cool. You know, I've been practicing the poses all along. Who cares? Um, so depending on how you work on your posing, it could be a non-issue. You could be ready for anything. Um, I think if you were looking at something more like, well, I'm kind of in between figure and physique. Well, at that point, they're completely different. Um, like the physiques aren't completely different, but the presentation is completely different. You got heels versus barefoot and the poses really bear no resemblance to, uh, across those divisions at all. So I think that would be a much tougher sell. If you were looking specifically like physique versus bodybuilding. Well, yeah, I mean, there, there's differences, but you know, you can do, you can learn two different side chest poses. You can learn two different side tricep poses. You can learn two different styles of front double bicep. You just got to keep them straight in your head and you don't want to be practicing and learning that stuff when you're a week or a week and a half out. So you got to make a judgment call sooner than that. For me, um, I have talked about this before. Um, what I um, will usually do when it comes to determining the division, I have this conversation with somebody pretty much every week, um, if not more, more often than that. Um, somebody's like, you know, should I do bikini? Should I do figure? Should I do physique? And, you know, my answer is always, what do you want to do? Where do you see yourself? And whatever the answer to that question is, that's where you go. And I would say that regardless of whether your physique is quote unquote ready for that category or not. Um, so if you get somebody who has a physique that's really kind of built more for bikini, um, but they want to do figure great, bust your ass, grow into it. Absolutely. Take your time with it. Um, don't rush it or, you know, do rush it, compete in figure before you're quote unquote ready. You know, I mean, I, I was having this conversation with, uh, uh, a client this morning, uh, you know, I've, I've had clients in, uh, the UK. I don't remember what the organization is, but there's one organization in particular where if you sign up for a category, um, at the show, they can place you in a different category. If they feel you're a better fit for that category, if you're not appropriate for the one that you selected. So in the States, that doesn't happen. You sign up for women's physique, you're competing in women's physique, regardless of what you look like. So, um, there's no um, standard for, you know, readiness or how appropriate you are for that division or anything like that. Let the judges tell you, you know, get up there, put your ass up on stage, show what you, you know, and if it's too early, well, great. You've established a baseline. Guess what? Everybody competes for the first time before they're ready. Almost everybody. Um, that's fine. And if you compete in the wrong category before you're ready, who cares? Nobody's going to die. Nobody's going to jail. You're not going to embarrass yourself. You know, go, go to a show, go to a handful of shows and watch what happens on stage. You find a lot of people up there who are maybe, maybe not quite ready for prime time, maybe not in the right division. Nobody gives a shit. Nobody cares. It happens at every show, every show. And you know what? You just don't know what that person's journey is. You don't know what their decision-making process is. You don't know why they're up there. And you know what? It's not your job to know why they're up there. It's your job as an audience member to, you know, be respectful, encourage people. So that's what you got to do as a judge. It's your job to give people feedback. So as a judge, I would absolutely tell somebody, I don't think this is the right division for you. I don't think this is the right category for you. And as the person receiving that feedback, I would then be within my right to say, not necessarily responding to the judge, but say to myself like, okay, I got you. I'm going to keep working at it until it is right. Um, rather than saying, oh, okay, well, I'll go back to bikini then or whatever. I'll go back to men's physique. No, no. 
Work to bring up your back and shoulders. Guys, work to bring up your legs. Work to belong in classic physique. Don't run back to the other division unless you want to be there. Um, but usually, if you wanted to be there, you would be there. And like for me, for the longest time, I saw myself as like, I, if I was going to compete again, it would only be in men's physique. I just don't have the legs for classic physique. So, um, and so what did I do? Well, slowly over time, I brought them up to the point where now I think I can hang. Um, and it took some doing, took some time and I could have competed along the way if I was so inclined and I wanted to, I just didn't want to, you know, as far as I was concerned, I wasn't going to compete again. Uh, and then my coach talked me into it. Damn it. Uh, it's okay. I was ready to be talked into it. Uh, so that, that's, that's my take on it. Um, you know, just pick the division that you feel calls to you and, um, I think one thing, you know, you'll, you'll find with women, especially they, they fall into two camps, either like, I don't really like the amount of muscle that they have in figure and physique. And so I'd rather do bikini or I really can't stand the presentation in bikini. It just looks really fake and forced and I can't make myself do that. So I've got to go at least to figure. Um, so, you know, <laughs> it's, it's like, which camp do you fall into? And with guys, it's like, you know, do you, or don't you, think you can see yourself in men's physique wearing board shorts. Um, if you do great, if you don't, don't force it, don't fake it, you know, just work on your legs and move up to classic physique. Um, outside of leg development, there isn't really a huge difference in what they're looking for, um, at the, at the, um, local NPC level, um, between those two categories. So if you're in men's physique and you got the legs, you could cross over to classic physique in the same show. You just got it you know, Posing is totally different. That's the thing. So, uh, Andrew, that was a good question, though. That was a good question. I like it. So, let's see what we got next. I think uh, I think we're going to hear from uh, Ron is next. Hey, Darren. This is Ron from Tennessee. Uh, like your show, it's very entertaining and educational. I have two questions for you. One, do all bodybuilding competitions have master's class? Second question, are there any natural body building competitions in East Tennessee? Thank you much. All right, Ron, good questions there. Um, does every competition have master's category? So as soon as I say yes, some show is going to show up that doesn't. Uh, but as far as I know, I don't think I've ever seen one that doesn't have master's category pretty sure um trying to think on that one yeah it it just wouldn't be a a smart move as a promoter to not have master's categories simply because that's more money in your pocket you know if 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 you've got that then you've got a reason for people to uh reason for you know more seasoned competitors shall we say um such as myself uh to uh to jump in and compete um because a lot of guys that are you know 35 and up, 45 and up, 50 and up. Um, I don't necessarily want to compete in open against the 20 year olds. That's fine. I get that. Um, so, uh, having that master's category in there can certainly, uh, be a draw to help bring in other people. Uh, and sometimes you will see those classes get consolidated as well at smaller shows. If you've got like masters 45 and up and 50 and up, um, and there's like two and 45 and up and you know one in 50 and up and that's one of the guys that's in the 45 and up they're going to do both of those classes on stage at the same time so uh or if you've got um i've seen it happen before where 
to save time, the same scenario, you've got two guys in 45 and up, one guy in 50 and up, but they're three different people. They'll bring them all on stage together. And just so that the guy in 50 and up isn't on stage by himself, but he feels like he's got other competition, even though he's not being judged against those. Like the judges know like, okay, this guy's getting first in his class. We got to look at these other two guys, but it's just less awkward to um, not be the only person up on stage. So um, now 35 and up, 45 and up, 50 and up, those are pretty common. Above that, it, it's going to be more slim pickings. So, um, like, you can find uh, shows that have a master's 60 and up category. But the, the promoters at that point, they need to know that there's a reason that they have that category in. So, if they have historically had a good turnout um, in a certain age group, then, yeah, they're going to bring that category back. Um, I was working with a, uh, a client, Mary in uh, Indiana who was looking, uh, she was doing a show there. Uh, she wasn't actually looking to do a show at all. We were, we were just in the middle of a cut just to kind of lean out a little bit. Um, and she's 65. Um, and she'd competed before in, in figure and was looking to do a show down the road, but we were just in the middle of a cut just because we'd been in a growth phase for a while. Okay, let's cut back down, trim some fat, literally figuratively. Uh, and, uh, she was talking to somebody in her gym who is a promoter for a show and he said, Hey, if you want to sign up, I'll bring in a master's 60 plus category just for you. So it's like, Oh, okay, sure. Why not? So she did it. <laughs> uh, and she was the only one in there. And, uh, I think it was that situation where, uh, because she was the only one in there, I think she actually ended up posing on stage or like the master's 50 plus group. It was, it was kind of like that. So, um, not uncommon, not uncommon, not unheard of at all. Now, as to your other question, are there natural shows in East Tennessee? So East Tennessee, no. Um, I know that because there's only one show that I am aware of in East Tennessee at all, and it's the Knox Classic, which is NPC, and it is not drug tested. Now, if you're looking at Middle Tennessee or West Tennessee, eh, maybe. Um, there has been an OCB show um, in Franklin, which is outside of Nashville, um, but I, I'm looking here on their calendar, and I don't see it in 2022 at all. Um, let me just see. Yeah, no, it's not there. Now, it doesn't mean it, it's not coming around. It just means it's not on the calendar yet. So uh, anything's possible. Now, that that's OCB. Now, you got to look at like uh, NGA, National Gym Association 20, 2022 schedule. So you, you got to go through the alphabet soup of all the, uh, all the uh, drug-tested organizations, of which there are many. Um, and while I'm at it, um, there's GBO as well. Um, GBO is, God, what does it stand for? Global Bodybuilding Organization. Yeah. Um, they have both, uh, tested shows and non-tested shows. So let's go untested events. Uh, there we go. No, sorry. Tested events is what we're looking for. So, uh, Houston, Austin, mild high championships. That's hilarious. That's in Colorado. That's funny. Mild high <laughs> Stafford, Texas. Uh, there are a lot of these Norman, Oklahoma. I'm going to be surprised if there's any of these in Tennessee, Stafford, Texas, Fort Worth, definitely, you know, Galveston, definitely a Texas oriented place. Um, so NGA, they've got shows all over the place, but looking here, I don't see anything in Tennessee. Lots in Florida, lots in the Midwest. Um, who else do we have? We have INBA. I won't go through all these, but you get the idea here. There used to be a website, naturalbodybuildingevents.com, where you could go. The website still exists, um, where you could go and um, they would kind of um, 
act as kind of like a what's the word I'm looking for? Um, starts with a C. Um, uh, oh, come on! I'm gonna sit here and let this thing record while this word comes to me. Need the Jeopardy theme song playing. It's right there. It's on the tip of my tongue. I know everybody's like screaming it at home, playing along. Or they're like, dude, nobody cares. Give it up. Give it up. They are a... I want to say collaborator. That's not correct. I want to say congregator. Aggregator. There you go. Wasn't a C word. They're an aggregator of uh, of shows from other sites. So they don't... They don't um, they don't put on shows themselves, but they aggregate the content from all the other um, organizations. That site is defunct now. Um, it's still up, but they have, I mean, let me check. I haven't looked in a while, but um, last time I, w- I would go there, uh, natural body building events. Yeah, events by state is what it was. And last time I went there, it's like, oh, okay. Eh, now it's not coming up at all. Um, okay, so I'm here at INBA. Oh, hold on, hold on. That was the wrong thing. Naturalbodybuildingevents.com. Okay. Let's see. Events by state. The site looks different. It has ads now. Okay great um let's just go to i don't know florida just pick something here and see if yeah no no events listed so they, they just they, they aren't updating their events anymore so um looking here at uh inba i mean there's they have shows all over the place they're southeast southwest um yeah i don't see anything there so INBA, you got WNBF. I mean, there, there's a whole alphabet soup of organizations to look through. I, I don't know of any. Um, there's certainly none in East Tennessee. I don't know of any in Middle Tennessee either. That OCB show used to be the one that I would say, yeah, check that out. Um, but now I'm like, I don't think so. I just don't think so. So unfortunately, no. Now, if you want to expand outside of that um, and make the trek over to Raleigh, uh, North Carolina, there is the No Gear Classic over there. It's not too far away. It's a bit of a trek. Um, you wouldn't want to compete that night and drive back on the same night or anything like that. But uh, you know, it's not too bad. Um, that's a great show. There's a couple of other shows in North Carolina specifically that are that are good options. I think there's some in Virginia, but probably not um, Western Virginia. Uh, Kentucky, I can't think of any off the top of my head. But I just you know, Kentucky's kind of off my radar. Um, and then if you go down into Alabama, Georgia, I don't think so. North Carolina has has several, though. Um, so that'd, that'd be worth looking into if you're looking for options there. So, um, yeah, so I um, appreciate that. So keep in mind, um, any questions that anybody has, just like Ron and Andrea here, call in. Call in and talk to me. I mean, you know, you don't have to actually talk to me, which is great for everybody. So nobody's stuck in a conversation with me. Um, but, uh, you know, ha- ha- let your voice be heard. I'll play it here and we'll hash it out. So. The number for that is 865-518-2974. If you go to thedropset.com, it's posted right there, along with uh, episode archive, links for listening online everywhere. Um, You can check out the shop. You can check out workout plans, all that good stuff. I am posting a lot of stuff both on Instagram and on my Facebook page now, which has been 
um, revived from the dead. We're back, baby. So facebook.com slash five star physique. You can go follow there, like that page, follow along. Instagram at Darren underscore star. You can follow me there. Um, and uh, there may be some changes coming. Um, there may be some some podcast changes coming soon. There may be some social media changes coming soon. Uh, I got some things in the works. Um, quick personal note also. Um, music stuff is still happening. So our music is done at this point. Um, the album that we've been working on this year, technically probably an EP, it's six songs, but it's 35 minutes. So if we released it as an album, Spotify would count it as a full length album. Um, but we're going to be releasing everything as singles. So, uh, because that's how people these days consume music as singles. People don't listen to full length albums anymore. So, um, we've got our first single that will be single that will be coming out sometime um it's done i'm i'm ready for the world to hear it i'm ready for the world to hear all this stuff but what we learned last time is we need promotional stuff we need promotional materials so um we're actually going to be shooting a music video for this song which will be fun and uh since i'm in, in prep mode right now and i'm less than four weeks out uh, my wife's like, well, clearly we need to have Darren wearing his guitar in the music video and nothing else like a red hot chili peppers <laughs> kind of get up or something. I'm like, whatever I'm game for, I don't care. So I'll do whatever. Uh, just give me a big guitar to hide behind and I'll be cool with it. Uh, so I don't know. There could be some interesting things there. Interesting, disgusting. I don't know your call, your call. Um, so we got to do that. We did a uh, photo shoot yesterday um, at a bar so that we had some, the, the song is, it's a drinking song. It's a pretty aggressive drinking rock song. Um, but the music video will be shot in a bar as soon as we secure a location for it. And so we just did a photo shoot in some other random bar just to have some appropriate photos to share for it. So that's kind of where we're at with the whole music thing. So if you're curious, um, you can, Follow our band, um, Sketch Eclectic. Um, you can find Sketch Eclectic on Facebook. I think it's facebook.com slash Sketch Eclectic um, or Instagram at Sketch Eclectic Band. And if you follow me, I will occasionally just repost stuff from the band account so you can find them that way too. So um, that's all I got. So I appreciate everybody listening here. Thank you very much. Um, of course, uh, please call in with questions, 865-518-2974, thedropset.com. The phone number is posted right there from your phone. If you just go pull up that web page, you can click right there, call, leave a voicemail, and we'll talk about it here. So um, hope everybody's doing well. Um, follow along on social media to see how I'm doing. I don't know when the next solo episode like this will be. Um, I'm going to reschedule the interview with Jody Engel. That'll be hopefully next week. We'll get that up. Um, so I don't know when you'll hear from me again solo, but certainly before the show, I would imagine. So I'll keep you all posted there, but follow along on social media until then. Bye.